0: Okay. it so. I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that. It was like, have you seen uh, the meme with Bernie Sanders and the Casio Cortez? They are, they love, they love each other. They love communism. It is a photograph. I'm like, I've not <laughs> seen that. <laughs> I don't (laughs) know what point you're trying to make. (laughs) It's like I just I know you don't like them. I'm getting that much. But if there's (laughs) actually some substance to this, I am missing it. So (laughs) I'm like, like I mean it's probably supposed to be funny as well. Yes, yeah. is, <laughs> like, is there a it's joke just like <laughs> describing the picture? <laughs> Have you seen oh, the picture shit. with Bernie Sander, uh, so it's Ocasio.
1: Oh shit. Ocasio. All right. <laughs> welcome to the show. Everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Uh, welcome fellow robots. I'm your host Asher Lack. With me are my co-host
0: Dr. Alan Sussman. We already did Hello. this. <laughs> and our lawyer Raphael Ruttenberg. Yes, Q. Deja vu. <laughs> this is a time. Oh, it's a glitch. Oh
1: God. Oh, and today we are talking about Alien, the 1979 Ridley Scott movie, and I am super excited to discuss it with you.
0: <laughs> Cold War paranoia.
1: Cold War paranoia. Being part
0: of this, uh, yeah, you have the idea that like, um, you know, the the Stromo, um, is sent on this mission by shadowy corporation. To harm, it's uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a mission of scientific value to acquire a weapon yeah. of the alien, you know, without regards to the s- safety of the crew, and that's you know, I think that oh, that, that is
1: such a co- you're totally right about that.
0: Yeah, so that I mean, I think that that is very strongly situated in um, a couple things in like in Vietnam, the idea that like the, you know this this pr- this sort of like paranoid but born out in reality, especially as it came out later. Um, sort of like
1: unwinnable you know, it, nightmare. Unwinnable
0: nightmare. Just like the government is gonna do, th- you know, the the overlords, the ruling class are gonna do things. Agent Orange. Th- yeah, Agent Orange. Um, the other yeah. thing that I uh, didn't remember the name of, but is worth looking up, Edgewood Arsenal. Huh? What's Edgewood Arsenal? It was a series of experiments conducted on soldiers of okay. various various kinds of chemical like weapons weird jacob's ladder shit yeah it's exactly that as a matter of fact <laughs> yeah and that was like you know they 1975 and so that's pervasive it's like this idea that you know um there are shadowy forces that you know human life is totally expendable because it, it can be expended for the the great game you know <laughs> yeah exactly It's, like it's win, like, winning the war you know yeah
1: against an like on, well, and it's actually it's funny because Nostromo, the name of their ship, is From Conrad. Yes, yeah, yeah. is, is a Conrad thing, and I was sort of
0: like, oh, this is like a direct wink to imperialism. Yeah, I haven't read that. I haven't read. I it had either, to but... look it up. The plot of the Conrad novel Nostromo is an interesting echo. It gives a little bit of clue to the intent of the 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 filmmakers because in Nostromo, it's the name of an Italian, um, it's in, like a fictional South American country where there's a you know, a repressive dictatorship that opens a silver mine and the silver they get from it has to be carted away to safety to prevent it from falling into the hands of these revolutionaries, as Bolivarian revolutionaries, I guess. Um, yeah, this sounds And so Nostromo is the guy who's like tasked with like keeping the silver on his ship away from the hands cloud of the clutches of the revolutionaries. So Yeah, so this is a this is the oh, same yeah. story, right? It's it's basically S- similar, yeah. yeah, we've got a weapon that we need to keep well
1: not out of the hands of anyone but we need to bring to our people should we do a plot breakdown of this go for it sure
2: wait but i mean in this case the nostromo is moving some sort of mine or something right like they've mined some stuff oh yeah you're totally right yeah so that's yeah huh i think that's some kind of mining ship yeah
1: oh yeah right on so much to talk about this movie it's is there i don't know okay so here's (laughs) the thing scary faithful listeners i was scared i was
0: frightened yeah yeah i I can agree i was holding a pillow the whole time (laughs) was it like a pillow with like a like anime character printed on it because i hear those (laughs) are very popular so once again (laughs) sam has
1: recommended a movie and then (laughs) peaced out and not shown up for the episode i
0: mean look i mean obviously alien is like you know, we could would have come to this one anyway. Yeah, I think we would have come to this yeah. movie. I, I mean it's not like a pile of dog shit like the Terminator <laughs> movie. You know, I just like Alan pointed this out before we started taping. It's like you have mostly people here Sam might be the most prominent exception, who sort of don't love sci fi. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a sci fi podcast. Like I literally let's just say like have we have all very mixed feelings about <laughs> sci fi. Like Give us any random sci-fi movie, (laughs) we're probably gonna be like, "Mm, I'll pass. Pass. Well, I (laughs) feel like maybe
2: maybe maybe a better place way of putting it is just that we can judge these movies objectively (laughs) or more objectively. Yeah, like we're not just gonna fanboy out over like the these awesome parts of the movies because we have all the action
0: figures. Fanboy culture. I mean, it's not a fucking substitute for having a personality. (laughs) <laughs> and like you're, you're allowed to like what you like, and I think you're also definitely like to be. You're allowed to be very invested in what you like, but like hand to God, like try and be more than that because just something that gives you that very superficial, superficial v- uh, veneer of an identity, It's yeah, just like a bump in the identity yeah, it, department. It, it, of, like, like I also wear Batman shirts, yeah.
1: It's you're basically one step above like your shitty boss who wears like a Bugs Bunny tie every Wednesday. Right. It's, I know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's the personality equivalent of
0: like wacky tie guy. Yeah. It's like, mm, oh God. But you're the point is like you're totally subsuming your personality into like a giant marketing a billion 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 <laughs> billion dollar marketing effort. It's like you're someone else's creation. Your opinions are not your own
1: listeners raf keeps looking at me and pointing at me while he (laughs) says these things i want to assure you all that i do own a lot of memorabilia but it is all band related or conspiracy adjacent (laughs) um
0: it's true guys this is a scary place to record a (laughs) podcast yeah
1: was there any initial stuff you guys kind of wanted to dig into?
0: Yeah. I think that they should have named the movie Space Alien. <laughs> just to just to clarify. I don't think that it was calling it Alien is confusing. Fair enough. You thought it was about like
2: people illegal aliens. Coming into, from Mexico or I, something? Th- what I thought you, was you what I thought to, was I it could have been this anything. This has gotten
0: like
1: a Trump bump. Yeah. <laughs> like I watched Alien after (laughs) Fox News told me there was a caravan trying to steal my mailbox.
0: (laughs) There's an anchor baby trying to burst out of my chest.
2: (laughs) So, am I... here's, Here's what I want to say about this movie. The dialogue is so insane in this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen other movies like this, right, where it seems like different lines are written by different writers who don't actually have an idea like aren't looking at the same script at the same time oh yeah right (laughs) so like like they came in they're like you're (laughs) rewriting
1: this script oh you know what we actually killed your rewrite now it's johnny's rewrite and it's like that's a real thing that happens and they just mix in
0: lines from like i noticed that too and i chalked it up to harry dean stanton i think he just wandered on the set (laughs) (laughs) like his character was like sort of uh, you know he was the sam
1: of their crew <laughs> <laughs> like when i when i think about us as like brave intrepid spaceship captains i'm always like yeah and there's some sub deck where sam is like listening to reque and you know like, what fixing
0: a pipe <laughs> you know who sam is i re i watched a film version of <laughs> waiting for godot sam is estragon oh my sam god sam is estragon and uh, I, that's I, his
2: favorite play you know do you remember in the movie when uh harry dean stanton's character is like they're talking to him and they're like all you were say is right and he's like right and then he <laughs> says that like three times in that scene and it's like there have been multiple scenes before this when he said lots of other things <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like why <laughs> why, why, are why now are it? they
0: choosing to make well, this part of his character
1: so it, it's very ba- strange banter. i
0: mean they're doing like they only have a limited amount of time, right? I don't know. But they only have a limited amount of time to like establish the rapport and like the fact that these people have been around each other a lot, so they do that kind of banter. But yeah, it is... Well, okay, so... Harry Dean Stan is like a lot... I don't know. Just something about that guy being on screen is... It makes the whole movie weirder than it would be otherwise. <laughs> no,
2: I, I feel like, yeah, like this movie really is a, a pretty interesting cast of characters, right? Like, I wouldn't well necessarily say that the acting is even that good all the time no but the characters are really interesting like everyone's like an interesting actor well, i feel like so yeah. you guys agree yeah, i agree and this was something that
1: actually carolyn pointed this out and i was like fuck how am, i'm the one hosting this podcast and you're like the one making way more trenchant observations about this movie because i'm an idiot lot, it's a lot
0: smarter than you yeah <laughs> i know it's, it's
1: pretty profound we all know that yeah i know uh-huh um, opens open secrets yeah Uh, but yeah, she was sort of like, huh, this movie has a real like Robert Altman vibe. And I was like, how did I never catch that before? Oh, wild. Yeah. But it really does. I mean, like it, it takes a lot from like American seventies cinema in that. Well, first of all, the draft of the script, I was told, and I don't know how true this is, but I'm fairly certain it is that it was gender neutral, right? Everybody only has last names. Yeah, that's Mm, for sure. Right? And so they just cast it after. I think that the a- script... The alien
0: doesn't have any gender. That's right. Um, I think it, called, it gets called a bitch at one point. That's in the second movie. Even the cat has a gender neutral name. Does it? Jones. Cat- oh, yeah, Jones. I have lots of thoughts about the cat. We'll get to that, though.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll dig into... going to talk about the science of having pets. Um, yeah, So, but basically just like the idea that... The movie is really... And this is something that I love when science fiction does. I don't know how you guys feel about it. And Carolyn was like, this would never fly in a modern movie. And I was sort of like, yeah, you're totally right. Is that you kind of have to go with it. Like you're thrown not into the middle of the action, but there's no kind of particularly urgent scenario, right? And we're going to talk about the plot in a bit. But like the it, the plot drives, but it also kind of doesn't in a very strange way. It's got this sort of... Um, not episodic, but just sort of like vibey, like just going with it. It kind of felt a bit like one of the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before No, I'm not familiar. Midnight. You don't know those movies? I no. know you're talking about. They're know. Richard Linklater movies with I um. Seen them. Okay, with Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. Just uh, the idea that like these movies are about two people walking around having a conversation, essentially. Um, and the movie has a bit of that quality to it. Obviously, it's on a spaceship, and there's things that have to be done. But you get a feeling, at least I got the feeling, that like these people knew each other and they have this much deeper relationship than we're viewing. They have yeah. a job to do. And it's
2: not don't—I it just No, that's a good point. Yeah. It's it's about a small group of people who are all like you know, yes, they're being attacked by a crazy alien, but also they're kind of just chilling out. Yeah, it like, kind of has a feel of like uh, a small indie movie in some ways, right? Yeah, exactly. Of, like a bunch of friends. Like it's like friends. Yeah, it's like friends. It's, it's like, like it's a little you know? shaggy. It's like, yeah, there's <laughs> there's your weird
1: <laughs> downstairs neighbor, Harry Dean Stanton, wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt for friends, no reason. but
0: all murdered gruesomely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually Which is how what? friends ended. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> and you in <and> <laughs> your friends fanfic, The, the, the one where ended, right. we're all disemboweled. <laughs> So let's let's break the the plot down. Title sequence is great. The title sequence is title sequence beautiful. Is, I do like that the movie is called Alien. I feel like um Ridley Scott was like there's no movie that's just called Alien. I need to just call this Alien because this is, it's in a way a definitive Alien movie. Like It's just like the creature is alien. It, li- it is alien to us. It is an alien. It is alien to us. So actually the title works both ways, man. Yeah. it's a double entendre. No, it's great. A, we admire its purity. We have to admire its purity. You know? Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a hostile killing machine. This isn't fucking E.T. This isn't some <laughs> like, you know, 19... Uh, 50s, um, like, you know, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or, you know, B or C or Z, uh, you know, War of the Worlds sort of thing, where it's just like the aliens are just sort of like us, you know, or they're not, or they're not really yeah, anything u- in particular.
1: Other. It's other and its motivations are just completely
0: anti-human, but not for any discernible logical reason. But it's articulated as an other. It's like it is, it is expressed as an other. It's not just sort of like we don't know. We know exactly what this is. It's a fucking killing machine. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, that, that we can't handle. So very cool that they just called it Alien. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos. Nice. Iconic. Job. Well, iconic properly ti- done. Iconic title sequence. Very creepy title sequence. Well, there's that's the other thing. It's like, okay, so so
1: much of this movie is completely iconic and completely amazing and leads to basically the genre after this movie. I guess so what alien comes out in 79 star Wars is 77 and like the combination of the two is that they both envision a world that is a future that's also full of like shabby yeah awesome technology that's since kind of gone to rot which like that's something that science fiction I I don't know tweeted us if you have a better or earlier example of that but I think that that's like something that really the 70s did to sci-fi which I love Right. And it leads directly into the kind of like 90s, uh, like cyberpunk aesthetic, which.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's the. I mean, like th- there's a general aesthetic of decay, which is very um, 70s and I think 80s. And that was like, you know, it's reflective of the times. I mean, like you have like uh, the decay of the American city. Oh, um, yeah. And like devolving into like this, like, you know, escape from New York, this like crime ridden cesspit of, of terrible shit and I think it's like that hammers home the idea uh, like th- that you know f- for all for technological advancement can move relentlessly forward but you know human you can slovenliness s- human civilization can still decay I mean you could have I think that idea that wasn't really something people understood is that you could have rapid technological advancement and uh, you know increase in productivity that is untethered to people's living conditions <laughs> are you saying something political has, rap yeah which <laughs> ties into income disparity full communism now all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Alan? We can keep that. Yeah, we can yeah, We Thank can you. keep that. All right.
1: <laughs> cool. So the movie basically is, I mean, it's essentially like a locked box for the most part. It's, it's a story of a crew of seven people who are on a mining vessel on their way back from some kind of uh, like extraterrestrial journey where they've got a bunch of ore or something like that. They're bringing it back to Earth. And they get awoken out of hypersleep, which I thought maybe we could talk about the science of hypersleep, but I don't know anything about it. Do you guys?
0: No. No. Cool. But I remember reading somewhere that it was somewhat scientifically feasible.
1: Yeah, it's like relatively. I think yeah, that
0: like they think they might be able to get something like that in place in the next couple decades. It's one of the less far out there things. That's a science fiction trope.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I remember hearing stories about people who are like, you know, like a skier who like drowned and they were able to bring back to life after they had been technically dead for like an hour or something like that. I don't know if that's. really sh- I think so.
0: I In <laughs> well, sub-zero I temperatures. You know, bears yeah. hibernate in yeah, the winter. That's true. And they slow down their metabolism a lot. Yeah. All right. Heartbeat. So maybe we'll just be like bears. Maybe we get bear bile (laughs) from China. (laughs) Just chug some bear bile and then go into space.
1: (laughs) Bear bile. The ultimate trip. (laughs) I
0: mean, at a small scale,
2: you can, you can like, you know, bring organisms to low temperatures, right? And then almost almost halt their metabolism, right? Yeah. And then when you bring it back up, they'll they'll still be alive, right? Yeah. As long as you do it slowly, right? We just got to scale it up. I mean, that happens like when you put stuff in the freezer, right? like if you have like oh, stuff yeah. growing on your you know on your vegetables on or your something chicken cutlet. like yeah like if, if if your chicken's been in the fri- fridge for like 5 days you can put it <coughs> in the freezer but you probably want to cook it like right after you bring it out of the freezer right like you haven't killed any of the the bacteria, the bacteria yeah just right? stopped they just kind of yeah huh.
0: you know i mean like vaccines are bullshit like bacteria are <laughs> <is> bullshit <laughs> i just eat chicken sashimi <laughs> <laughs> I just go by my farm And I just fucking rim the chickens
1: <laughs> Better Yeah so they get awoken from hypersleep Because they've received Like a transmission from an alien vessel um, And they go They can't translate the vessel Which They don't know it's alien They don't know the source They don't know the source They go to the planet And discover that it's an alien ship That's crashed The
0: wild Sorry to keep interrupting No please The wild thing is that It is implied Without being stated that this is not first contact, exactly. I thought that was pretty great that. detail. Yeah, great fucking detail. I it's very imaginative because that would be the default, right? They're just like, we've never seen a life form like this before, and leaving to believe that it's they, they have made contact with other life forms. Yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah, we don't
1: know these guys. It's like, oh okay, it's
0: so. true. Yeah, what the fuck are these yeah. weirdos? <laughs> fucking. So it was a H. ship R. that Geiger. crashed. Did did they? H.R. Geiger's it's, ship. Yeah. <laughs> he um did he die the, pe- the penis 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> the ramrod. Um,
2: <laughs> die ramrod. <laughs> I mean, that has a lot to do with die, how, how awesome this movie shocked. is, right? Oh. Yeah, oh. definitely. I um, mean, H.R. Giger, right? I mean, that's most... I feel like most of the reason this movie is awesome. Yeah. Uh, maybe half. No,
1: I mean, the design of the ship, the, the
0: sort of disgustingness. So, yeah, if you guys haven't oh, seen yeah. this movie... The body horrors. Yeah, exactly. It's top-notch. And it's not just the fact... Can you imagine going into this movie and, like, not knowing the <laughs> fucking knowing alien was going to burst it? out of the well, dude's Can <laughs> you imagine? Having never seen the face hugger. that is yeah. so
1: upsetting to look yes. at. Yeah. And fucking profound. And also, like, so basically in checking out this crashed spaceship, which the smart captain, or not captain, I guess she's the third officer, Ripley. It's a it's a crew of seven, right? There's and they have pretty good names. Again, I, I remember hearing somewhere that the that the script was originally entirely non gender, non ethnic. It was just last names for all the characters and they cast it the way that they cast it. Yeah. So it's it's a crew of seven people. What is it? It's you've got <laughs>
0: Tom you got, Skerritt is the captain. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. You've got um, my, my spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> John Hurt. John I could, Hurt I could go as Tom Skerritt for Halloween. <laughs> Every single day (laughs) of the the year. (laughs) (laughs) Which Tom Skerritt are you? He's
1: also, by the way, a fucking robot house all-star. He has been in three movies that we've watched so far. He is the champ. Is he amongst
0: the living? I believe he is. Let's have him on the show. Yeah,
1: Tom Skerritt, come on the show. Come on the show. You and Michael Ironside can fight to the death in front of us. (laughs) Ernest
2: Borg 9. I'll try to keep my heart on down. Yeah. He was in... um, Dead Zone. Dead Zone.
0: What was the other one? And Contact. He was a prick in Contact.
2: (laughs) Tron... No, I mean, there are so many all-stars in this movie. Like, I mean, Gen- so many contact. huge mo- actors.
1: Yeah, you've it's got, crazy. what's her name, Spangler from the X-Files. Okay, I'll cut that. <laughs> oh,
0: man. It's cut. Wait, someone's in the X-Files? Yeah, Samantha cut Spangler. The, cut the, all like, the other stuff. Don't, don't cut that. that. <laughs> There's Samantha like, Spangler.
1: Uh, she's like the woman who gets abducted by the, under the same weird program that Scully gets abducted under. Oh, shit. You know, I think I actually, yeah. Oh, she's got a cool look. Yeah, she's on the ship. Harry Dean Stanton, HDS. HDS. He is the Sam of their ship. <laughs> he basically just like right. chills in the in the downstairs complains about not getting paid enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> he looks like he's in the fucking audience of a Jimmy Buffett
0: concert. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> He looks like he is in the sound booth <laughs> of a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, he looks like he is the (laughs) roadie, the backup roadie for Jimmy Buffett. (laughs)
1: Hey, man, I forgot to show up today. It's (laughs) it's cool, dude. So in exploring this crashed alien ship, John Hurt, who's the second officer, gets attacked by... He finds a field of eggs, and they basically the, the ship has a pilot that they're like, oh, it looks like something killed this pilot by bursting out of his chest. Am I... Am I butchering this plot breakdown? No, you're getting it. Oh, is Spot he the pilot?
2: On. I missed a
0: lot of these details. So, some yeah, yeah, it's huge alien, right? yeah, so some like gigantic, a gigantic beast. alien. Yeah, and they talk about how it looks like it was split open from the inside. So yeah, foreshadowing.
1: Foreshadowing yeah. what's going to happen. So then they explore the ship further and they find like a cache of eggs in this giant room, and unwittingly, uh, John Hurt gets attacked by one of the eggs hatches and this fucking face hugger jumps out at him. It's basically like a six-fingered hand with a tail. It's
2: horrifying. It's totally horrifying, it's, yeah. Yeah. And he just stays it, there for like two minutes while uh, the thing is like hatching. Schmuck. He's like, he's like, like this looks, is really cool. Yeah, it looks very interesting.
0: There's <laughs> yeah. a fine mist that screams when I come near it. Yeah. the like eggs. Caligula.
1: <laughs>
2: There's s- extreme
0: grossness to <laughs> yeah. everything that I see. <laughs> yeah, it's horrified. I'm to go further <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. Good, good oh, job, good man. job, sciencing guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, and you broke protocol, <laughs> and you broke protocol. Speaking of breaking protocol, stupid. The quarantine. If they had quarantined, none of this would have happened. But the more I,
2: the more we talk about this m- movie, the more I realize like that I I really like every actor's kind of take. On their character, like I think they all have interesting takes where they all like made decisions about like how, what their character should be like and and how they should like, kind of deliver their lines and yeah, like, it, it's pretty interesting.
1: It felt it, a lot more improved than. It it didn't feel it felt loose like it's really shaggy their performances and they, yeah. they kind of are just like this is your character. This is your motivation like you want to get more money out of this operation. You want to get it felt almost like the Blair Witch Project but better. That's why mm-hmm. when Carolyn said it had a Robert Altman vibe. I was sort of like that is just spot on um, where it's just like the people know that their characters have like a certain sort of objective and we don't necessarily know how they get there but they get there. Right? It's like,
0: just go for it. Yeah, but I mean, as much as I know very little about this, there's like a strong three-act structure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Movie, which so, all movies don't have.
1: Yeah, for as the most I part, fit, I they,
0: figure. they can be a little episodic. I mean, some of them do, some of
1: them do This don't. didn't feel
0: episodic. Great. The arc is just, you know, it's there, man. Just bam, bam, bam. You're hooked every minute.
1: Yeah. It also trusts the audience, which is something I love. Like, the movie trusts the audience that, like, there's going to be things that they talk about that they're dropping us into the middle of a conversation,
0: and we won't necessarily understand what
1: they're saying
0: or referring to. It withholds a lot, too. Yeah. Which is... I mean the more of this stuff we're watching now the more I realize I really like that you yeah. hold a little back or you hold a lot back and let the story kind of like let the world uh, just emanate I yeah. guess from it, the story that's being told
1: yeah, and let, grow on the viewer and let yeah. the view just have faith in your audience basically yeah. that like that the people watching this are going to be smart enough to understand what you're throwing down
0: yeah so in a way this is this movie to me just feels like even though it's kind of similar in a lot of ways like in superficially similar to uh starship troopers you have like the bug aliens yeah that's obviously true. they're very different movies but that was just like that was a world that was just like fully articulated you know it was just like very much just like here's everything you need to know about this stupid fucking planet and the the thing that's happening in the movie but well, this is the opposite of that. That and that Obviously to me starts was to so out of things going for it.
1: Yeah, that was so interesting, and that I think was like kind of the biggest topic that I wanted to hit today on the show was was essentially that like without doing it necessarily on purpose, this movie implies a very different kind of vision of the future and what the future of technology uh, kind of will be, right? In a way that is completely divorced from what like the science fiction quote new wave and like the sort of brave astro men of like the 1950s. This is like a totally different view and it completely
0: leads into cyberpunk. And we're going to talk about that a little bit after we finish breaking the plot down. Yeah. It's totally not besotted with the idea of technology and it's very extremely jaundiced, super skeptical of corporate motivation, human motivation. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's chock full of wonders
1: But they're all terrible. Um, Yeah. So so basically what happens after John Hurt gets impregnated by this face-hugging alien, (laughs) the ship's medical officer or science officer breaks protocol and allows him to be taken into the sick bay, much to the chagrin of Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley, who was at the time the acting authority on the ship. And she gets overridden by Ash, the science officer on the ship. Um. Yeah, and so what ensues is this sort of kind of bottle haunted house nightmare of like John Hurt. If you haven't seen the iconic scene where the alien busts out of John Hurt's chest before they get to go back into hypersleep, and then it's up to the crew of the ship to hunt down this growing and fucking terrifying killing machine. Um, And the, basically the rest of the movie is just the whole crew getting killed, right? Is there...
2: Yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Basically,
0: it's them trying to figure out. I guess more than them just getting killed idly, it's them trying to figure out how to fight this thing that they're. It's very, very clear they're not able to handle. Yeah, like right. they are. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think that's important and doesn't shouldn't get lost. Is that they are hopelessly outmatched. Yeah. By this killing machine.
1: Yeah, it's completely. I mean, yeah. it's it's merciless. It is sort of not smart. Unf- Yeah, it's smart. It's fast. It kind of has like a bug vibe for sure. Um, And over the course of them trying to hunt down this thing, there's a reveal as characters keep dying off and, and Ripley, Sigourney Weaver's character, ends up becoming the captain of the ship. She gets to access the computer and discovers that the company that sent them on this mission discovered this alien thing and they sort of knew it was there. I mean, that was the implication that I got from it. Yeah. They wanted it
2: as like, they were
1: saying maybe as a weapon. Yeah. As a weapon. And so that was the priority and that the crew is basically fully expendable as long as they can get this crazy murder machine weapon and that this alive. Is, yeah. Alive. And that Ash, the the science officer who's sort of been pulling the strings on a lot of this shit that's happened so far uh, is actually uh, an evil cyborg or robot. Just robot. Yeah. They, just robot programmed
0: yeah. by the corporation. Yeah, very well acted too. Yeah. Not robotic at all. Not robotic Just like, at just all. like his, you know, the, the, he, until you, this, his character is revealed as malevolent and sort of manipulating things behind the scenes. Um, Just like everything that he does that is like ambiguous, like you sort of can't really tell, like, is he like the, when John hurts, um, uh, Okay, so when he's a j- exam- when John Hurt's character um, is in a coma after the facehugger's fallen off and he's sort of like examining it and Sigourney Weaver comes into the examination room and he sort of like kind of like switches the screen off and like you can't really tell what he's doing. Um, and then like later on when John Hurt is like writhing on the table and the, the alien's bursting out of his chest and like the look on his face is kind of just like, you know, uh, scared but also or, like you know expectant you know like he anticipated it and he just like is curious he like needs to know what's going on and he to see this out Mm -hmm. i mean everything about this movie is so fucking iconic just like from from the titles (laughs) straight on through there's so many so much about this that is just like really
1: yeah that we've seen repeated in movies and
0: tv and parodied it's just indelible just like it really does like i saw this probably too young and it freaked me out, but it really made an impression. Like, it's it's extremely memorable. Yeah. it's Yeah.
1: it's a, And I saw this actually after I saw the sequel. So, like, I think that I didn't understand how iconic and how crazy as a movie it was. So, like, by the time I saw it, it was sort of already polluted. And it took a lot of work for me to kind of go back in and say, like, oh, this is what it must have been like to see. Like, what must it have been? been like when john hurt exploded yeah right
0: yeah man i mean this really just like you talk about body horror and then there's like really dumb examples of that like human centipede which i haven't seen it could be great who fucking knows it (laughs) doesn't it does not rise to the level of you know intriguing enough for me to watch you seen it no you No. i've heard it's not that good yeah i heard heard.
1: three is the magnum opus (laughs) (laughs) there's
2: a three yeah, I'm sure that they're
1: making, like, part eight right now. I mean... St- like world, straight straight to YouTube. Look, the world is full of fucking QAnon believers. Like, nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah,
0: uh, the marketplace is not efficient. There's an incredible amount of wasted labor. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, essentially, Ripley escapes. There's nothing really to it. She has to blow up the
1: giant ship, and even then, the alien gets on her small shuttle. She manages to blow it out of the airlock and you know jettisoned it into space and that's well really she's she's
0: going to escape and then um I, I don't know i just i feel like these scenes are important to uh, for some reason no I'm please. Sorry, sorry to like correct you no but she's trying to get to the ship and um she sees the alien around a corner she drops jones the cat in his care in the cat's carrier and the alien kind of has like a moment with jones which is another sort of weird thing that is totally unexplained Wait, and, really? I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the alien, like, hisses at the cat, but, like, doesn't touch it.
1: Yeah, there's a few back mm. and forths between Which the alien d- and the cat, where the cat witnesses the alien murder someone, and then the alien <laughs> clearly looks at the cat, and yeah. they, yeah, it's a very the strange... the cat, like,
0: yeah, hisses at it, and it kind of just, like, is a little bit impassive. You know, it's it's very weird. Yeah, the alien... Like, do they like, understand each other? Yeah, like, I don't have to deal or, with you. Or is the alien just like, you're not a threat to me, you're not gonna try and hurt me?
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's like... Very mm, weird.
0: Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Peculiar. Alien cat commiseration. So then Sigourney Weaver goes back, tries to undo the uh, self-destruct, fails to... Yeah. Gets back to her, um, you know, the, the shuttle, and blasts off, and the, there's like... A nu- it looks like it's a nuclear explosion, the Nostromo... Uh, self-destructs yeah. it's,
2: it's a huge explosion yeah, yeah. tremendous yeah.
0: um it's, it may be a little it's too way much. too big i think <laughs> it's like for
2: yeah. so for like a star exploding ship? yeah like, it was when like <laughs> what do you guys have in there yeah it's like yeah
0: it's like when did um why are self-destruct mechanisms like what purpose do these serve well but is this that, something that happens in real life or is it just movies
1: it's interesting because i actually thought that that was something that was had some scientific logic to it and the in that what she does to initiate the self-destruct is she actually pulls the cooling towers out of what I would assume is some kind of nuclear reactor. And so it just overheats and melts
0: down. I don't think those are the, if those are the cooling towers, that's the world's smallest nuclear reactor. Sorry. That's a dork quibble. Yeah. <laughs> this something, is some something deep else. nerdy shit. Um, she pulls the like, you know, atomic, you know, something.
1: Yeah. The atomic C- the power quantum. drivers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the, the alien is Sleepy inside of the shuttle it's snoozing for some reason i don't explain it
2: snoozing for a bruising yeah
0: and uh then yeah, they don't really explain that either yeah why? Well, really it's kind of like
2: just hiding or i kind of loved that it, yeah
1: it, it had like such a weird like insect or like vermin feel of like it was all crawled up into a compartment and yeah. then like she looks at it and realizes that it's in there yeah yeah, yeah. i thought that was very cool
0: I don't know. But it yeah, adapts Alan, well to its environment. <laughs> I was just going
2: to say that the self-destruct, the way to turn off the self-destruct is really stupid, right? It should just be like once you go there and press a button, yeah, like the self-destruct is over. But no, you need to wait for it to like, for all the things to go back, right? It's like she In basically check. had told the computer that you didn't want it to self-destruct like 20 seconds yeah, before, you know, it actually completes turning off. Yeah.
0: Anyway,
1: well, and fails. And fails. Is and like, fails yeah. yeah, it's like, ah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Pass.
0: In case of alien menace, self-destruct. Yeah.
1: It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, good talk. Um, do you guys listen to Hit Parade at all? That's like an actually not good yet. music podcast. I know you don't listen to podcasts.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I find the idea of listening to a podcast uh, bewildering. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> uh, successful. Really? Just listen to some music.
1: Huh. I fucking hate music. Uh,
0: yeah, well, okay, that's true. People talking is a lot better.
1: I know that's why the I music. listen to it.
2: I mean, I do think that music you is can for listen teenagers. to you can listen to podcasts to a degree that it it is unhealthy. Right? Oh yeah, and like I you do need time where you're not where your brain can just like be calm and not have yeah, like where is processing information input into it, but also just like where your brain's processing something besides like what you're actually doing at that moment, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's probably unhealthy for you to do too much.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I should probably... (laughs) Yeah, I listen to an unhealthy amount of podcasts, I would say. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you work from home and your days are like a sprawl of nothingness...
2: Yeah, see, that worries me. (laughs) (laughs) This terminology. To
1: bring it back to Alien, (laughs) I don't know. uh, Basically, the main topic that I wanted to talk with you guys about today was it was the idea that that alien kind of presages and and they don't come out and say it in the movie itself. But it's implied that we live in certainly like a hyper capitalist future. It's not. It's so different from the kind of utopian visions of the future that come before. And we talked a little bit about um, sort of are all, you know, overarching utopian futures kind of inherently fascist in the Starship Troopers episode. And then I think this is our first time really delving into the kind of like post industrial,
0: like super future that sucks. You know, this movie, it holds back a lot. It's kind of silent on the structure of society. There is a almost entirely absent from the plot. uh, Corporation that is controlling that, you know, is behind the scenes that is making decisions that imperil the lives of the crew and is like a little more i guess more omniscient the wayland uti corporation we come to learn in subsequent films right that's that is more fleshed out i feel like it's like you know that there is some of that background but it's not as quite uh not quite as colored in as a lot of the other movies um but you you get that um you get that feeling from other things i mean like you just like you know the the way that the ship is presented it's it's dark it's dingy i mean there's like you know there's like falling water falling on harry dean stanton's face right before he gets murdered um it's just like like working it he's like splashing on his face like a like a like Like a a grizzled (laughs) grizzled like a a hobo yeah
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Well, this movie is pretty gross, right? Like, you know, I mean, it's not a coincidence that David Fincher directed the third one because I I feel like this presages his style of filmmaking as well.
0: I'm surprised there wasn't a Cronenberg alien. Yeah. Though that maybe would have been too much. I think that he probably didn't want to do it. It It probably would have been too much. Yeah. No, I think, like, you know, you're given to understand certain things just from from the set, basically. Well, that, like you, It's just like it creates an atmosphere that tells yeah. you about how things are without really being... It's not dystopian because you don't get enough... I don't think you get enough information about how this society is. It's just like something is wrong.
1: Yeah, it's just like the, the workers aren't really happy. They're doing this job because they have to. They obviously must have kind of terrible personal lives because they're away from Earth for years at a time in hypersleep. Well, yeah, you know, I mean they don't actually say how do they ever say how long they're actually in space. It says that they are another 10 months from Earth. Oh, they say that yeah when they when they're having the discussion about going back into cryosleep before John hurt like explodes. They're like, oh, 10 more months. That sucks, you know, and and that's kind of yeah. a crazy thing to be like, okay, your your lives y- you basically are owned by this corporation. Which, to me, I thought that was really interesting that the movie kind of implies this world and never comes out and kind of indicts it at all. I guess it indicts it in that the company doesn't give a shit about you, right? Like, they are here to get this weapon. If you guys get murdered, that is fucking fine. They kind of knew that it was out there because they, right? The implication is that the company knew
0: that the alien ship was out there. And it's it's totally depersonified. Like, there's no embodiment of the company anywhere. There's no guy well and like Ash you know, the Android but right. that's not a person he's an Android no. well, and you're right and yeah. there's the computer and there's mother yeah mother, yeah <laughs> I mean this is all just like this is all the machines of God I guess like things going on outside of the character's control that are dictating this it's, it's I think it like is more just like in a sense rather than there being um to me it felt more like rather than there being like these like malevolent actors that make the dystopia this is just more just like Um, tragedy it's like it's faded there's there's the you know the the vagaries and machines of fate that lead them to this this point that's how i read it that's interesting because
1: and i i don't disagree with you i think that maybe they
0: come into it later like in the franchise you're hungry for that i mean like i want to know more it's like one it's a mark of a good movie you're just like i would like to know more i would like to see a sequel and the sequels were at least one of them was good yeah, the sequels really are remember. decent. Alien I, 3 is weird. I haven't seen the fourth one. I went to college. I watched all four back-to-back with some friends. It was a weird. That was a weird day. It was a full day. <laughs> that sounds fucking weird. And then weird. they yeah. came out with Prometheus, Yeah, which I haven't seen, and I think a one after that. Yeah, there's one after Prometheus. What's that, what's that called? Covenant. There's yeah. also Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, but yeah. that's not really part Which is of the clearly on a much higher level than yeah. any of the any <laughs> movie we've seen that is some we've <laughs> seen to date. <laughs> Next
1: level. Alien versus Predator versus your consciousness. <laughs> oh God. I don't know. Whoever I mean, whoever wins
2: <laughs> Predator wins. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well I, I agree with what, what Rav is saying. I I think like well, I agree with both of you. I mean if you if you kinda stop and think about what's going on here. You know, I actually, when I was watching the movie, at first, I, I got I thought that, like, Mother or, like... they were, I thought they were working for, like, the government, right? Because I felt like the degree to which they were kind of, like, controlled and beholden to something was more like something that you would expect from, like, the government, like, a, a future in which, like, the government can control people rather than... And then you realize it's actually a corporation, right? Yeah. We're actually living in some future where like corporations can control people to that degree right and where we've
0: outsourced major exploration to corporate corporations techno, tw- corporate techno feudalism one of our one recurring of our recurring themes one on of the our one of our likely <laughs> outcomes in this country <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> right which again corporate techno feudalism as you just called it is the underlying ethos of cyberpunk that's where you know like neil stevenson william gibson that's exactly what they're writing about anyway sorry alan you were saying
2: uh yeah what was i saying um and i but i also agree with raf in the sense that like they don't they don't make much of a big deal about the fact that we're in this dystopian future right like and and the the plot is being driven forward so much about other things like this alien that's trying to kill them you don't actually think about it that much i think right but if you stop and think about it you realize yeah this probably is like a dystopian future right like horrible yeah, capitalist future. Well,
1: yeah, it, I mean, th- exactly. And I th- thought that that was so nice. T- again, in all of the ways that this movie trusts its viewers, this is really one of the best ways, where it's just like, yeah, you're going to kind of assemble these ideas together. And I don't know that it's necessarily really Scott as a filmmaker, because he doesn't really, I mean, I guess he makes Blade Runner, and then after that... Yeah, that's em- definitely, like, emphatically dystopian. Well, no doubt yeah, 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 that's dystopian. Oh, yeah, it's a complete nightmare, but... But I don't know that he necessarily like wanted the audience to or thought through the kind of world that alien existed in. I think that he just left out a lot of details and trusted that we would assemble something reasonable. And then afterward something reasonable got assembled. Does that make sense?
0: It You get, you get, you get the atmosphere of the world of alien and it's, it's, it's enough to serve the plot, but not more. I mean, like, I guess I can say, state the point is that, you know, you're shown what you're shown, and that's it. Yeah. that in the, That's what movies are. You're shown what you're shown, and, you know, trying to... It's fun to try and work out beyond that, but at some point, you're just going to have to be like, yeah, well, I don't know. The movie doesn't give enough information. Yeah. does not compute, you know, inadequate input.
1: And I love that. I love seeing something that demands, you know, me as a viewer to assemble the pieces in my mind in some way to come up with something that makes sense out of all of these threads. And again, that, that has a real Altman vibe to it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like, you know, I, I want a movie that gives me all the elements of a narrative and then I have to construct it sort of.
0: Yeah. They're kind of like mental puzzles in a way, you know, it's just like, there's something there, there's something, it's like putting the pieces, solving a puzzle, solving a problem, putting them together in a certain way. It has that kind of feeling to it. You feel a little bit like accomplished, like, you know, putting the, of the plot together and getting an idea of like what there could be behind this and if it's if it's it's satisfying if it works it's satisfying if it like coheres and it resonates at the same time yeah i have some nerd quibbles though oh yeah go for it go for w- it was the cat in cryo sleep yes yeah i think so. are you sure yeah why well, did they have a cat <laughs> i think just
1: companionship okay
0: <laughs> way <Wait, laughs> <that> it,
2: it? <laughs> I I no. But actually, I that was a big nerd quibble that I had at first. Right, was like I thought the cat wasn't in cryosleep because yeah. when they're first waking up, you don't see the cat coming out of cryosleep, right? That would be
0: but pretty weird and funny though. Like the first thing that happens is like one of those like pods <laughs> flip open and the cat just crawls out yeah. and like licks itself, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> shits on the floor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like what kind of movie is this? Because yeah, because when I saw the cat, I was like. Um I was like wait a second like so they've been in Crowsley for like months and this cat's just been like chilling like yeah. not not kind of messed up but yeah. then
0: at the end they put the cat in Crowsley so I was like okay
2: I guess the yeah, cat somebody. had its own little okay. little Ulti- thing alternate
0: reading maybe the cat is really mad at the crew and the connection it has with the alien is it's psychic connection <laughs> with the alien, telling the <laughs> alien to kill these people <laughs> yeah. it's really mad at. Maybe, that, maybe Agreed. that's what, yeah. Maybe, maybe all
1: cats are fucking sociopathic murderers. Well, they are. Yeah, I fucking hate cats. I actually like
0: cats. I, I like them them th- to like the crew, though, right? Like Does any constantly cat
1: like any human?
0: <laughs> it's, it runs away from Harry Dean Stanton a lot. But <laughs> so, so, would so I. do I. As <laughs> a yeah. adult. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh man, I so I I'm also a big fan. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a nerd quibble with the size of the alien in that we see it as a chest burster. Yeah, and then yeah. it it's eats just nothing, and yeah. it's gigantic. Yeah, what
0: do the aliens eat? That's that's bothered me for most of my life.
1: Yeah,
2: me what too. do the aliens
1: do? They eat. Well, and so I was sort of like, oh, maybe it like. Maybe it metabolizes water. Maybe it eats metal. Like who the fuck knows? Maybe it found like the waste compartment on the ship, and I was like, okay, I can kind of go with it. But that wanna, was really. that I want to know what the lot. internet
0: thinks. Yeah, is if this if this is there's any, anything canonical in the alien yeah. universe? How did the alien Do they eat get predators? Big? <laughs> yeah, like well,
1: I was also conservation thinking, like,
2: of matter. What if what if the aliens built with like some sort of battery? Like like it's born with like oh a battery shit. inside of it, like some huh. sort of potential energy source, right? Okay, that so it could then just like harvest so it's just to get a killing bing. machine. Yeah, oh all my right, God. fair <laughs> enough.
1: Alan cracked the case, our chief science officer. That's,
0: yeah, um, <laughs> Alan, who is a Alan? Or <laughs> Alan? Are you? A- are al- you alien? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Think about oh, it. Oh
1: God, it's like he's it.
2: gonna reveal when he murders all of us that he's been working for like. All right. It's going to happen. Probably yeah. happy to end this podcast. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. It's more had a, than about time. Good good run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, left, I've left
1: my mark on the podcasting is, world. I have few regrets. <laughs> um, but th- the main reason that I wanted to dig into this sort of like the alien vision of the future was kind of on a mission to... Are we still talking about this movie? Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, we're going to cut <laughs> a lot of like the first half an hour of this episode. Good
0: luck. Should we yeah. just go, Raph?
2: Yeah, (laughs) the episode where (laughs) Alan and Rash
1: quit. quit. (laughs) But the reason that I wanted to sort of dig into this topic about Alien's vision of the future and and the kind of future world that Alien occupies, as opposed to you know the beautiful, bright, and sort of secretly fascist world of Starship Troopers or Star Trek or uh, 2001. uh Oh, was it was just like I wanted to develop or. Ask if we have like an editorial stance uh, uh, of the show on like what future is better and like what future are we rapidly moving
0: towards. I think that it's you know, a lot of this is an expression, and I, you know, forgive me, but it really captures the zeitgeist um, of the you know, the, the 60s and 70s, 2001 and Alien. Um, that sort
1: of bookend the decade of the 70s, yeah, right?
0: that just like things are not right that something is going wrong and that we cannot expect our future to be good and um that was based on i think like a massive cultural shift part of which was the disillusionment of the vietnam war seeing um carnage that couldn't be spun in any way by the ruling class to be something to be turned into like a tale of good it was very, very hard to imagine this as noble. And, like, that really, I think, fucked up a lot of people and was just, like, you know, the people who are cultural commentators are, like, yeah. I mean, like, uh you know, the people who are in power now are horrible. Yeah. What makes us think the people who are going to be in power in the future are going to be any better? Probably they'll be worse.
1: Yeah. And they were right. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know, but... Uh, you know, Alan, what do you think? I mean, you see a lot of people these days saying that we're... I mean, we are moving towards more technological advancement constantly, right? right? And you see people talking about the singularity. You very, very rarely see people mo- saying that we are moving towards some sort of utopia, yeah. right? <laughs> where, like, people will be happier, where things will be more fair or equal. Yeah. People don't... Like, I don't think many people, including me, think that we're really moving very quickly in that direction. I, I actually think that things are improving in certain senses. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I, I uh, I'm pretty skeptical that tech, that technology is very useful for advancing society in terms of like, uh, in terms of,
0: well, just like happiness. I want to make a – I'm I'm. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to make a distinction. I actually want to know what you think about this. Is the technology itself – okay, so I'll just say I happen to believe that the capacity for fulfillment and enjoyment um, is – Is on Twitter. Is inc- – yeah, right. Just <laughs> log on. Just give in. Um, <laughs> it's just like it's there. I mean, like it's really, really, really there. You. I mean, we have – leisure and luxury and the uh, satisfaction of all the life necessities at our fingertips. But are there other factors um, that are preventing that from actually making us in truly be happy? Or, you know, put it, I'll put it this way. Is it the technology that's failing to make us happy? Or is it the levers of power who are making, failing to make us happy because they're not permitting the technology to do what it's supposed to be doing? I don't know. I think that's a question. I, I Does just it make think, sense? Giving, uh, I'm getting
2: skeptical looks. I mean, I don't know. I don't really agree with the premise. I, I don't think it's either. Yeah, I think failure I is think into the cake. I think it's uh, the human condition that keeps us from being happy. <laughs> I, and, uh, yeah. and that we're not really going to advance in terms of happiness until we... I'll learn to meditate. <laughs> Alright, are we done? This is like I uh, this is gonna be such an insane editing job. Oh God, don't even worry about <laughs> it. I got yeah, that. Yeah, take take most of all of this. But, out. Uh, but take in, a lot of what I said well, out.
1: What I but also I, don't necessarily know that I got an answer to my question. Oh which yeah, was we like, like went way I down was like, a, I was like, what is our editorial view on the future? And I, I got I mean, essentially, I got Raph, let me see if I'm getting this right, and and correct me if I've completely misunderstood, but Raph, and I think you're correctly saying, essentially, we have the means to kind of achieve something resembling a utopia, right, that doesn't necessarily have to be fascist, really,
0: I just, I don't know, that word is so weird. Okay, we have the means
1: to provide for all humans on earth to whatever degree they might want, give or take. Right, like we we have the means to say like you want to eat a panda for dinner, here's a panda. Well, you, <laughs> you want to do jumping jacks on the top of Mount Everest. This gets Here slip, you go. this gets
0: slippery because the the thing that you hear repeated is like you know if everybody in the world wanted to live at the um, level of consumption that the average American enjoys, we would need seven Earths or something yeah. like that. That's but the. Level of consumption the average American enjoys and the uh, effects of that um, don't have to be the way they are. Thank you. So, I mean, so, so it can be done sustainably. Yeah, is, we have the technology. We could fucking go tomorrow and do it. We just haven't chosen not. Right.
1: to. Right. So so essentially to talk about again, like to bring it back to this this point that I keep kind of and I don't know why I I was like. We should have an editorial stance on extraterrestrial life. Like we should have an editorial stance on, you know, um, whether, you know, time is like an inviolable line or what the nature of that is. I don't know, like time travel paradoxes. We don't necessarily have to have these things. I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of start unpacking some of them because so many of these movies are about opening up these things. And, and essentially, so what I'm getting from you, Raph, is, and maybe I'm wrong is that there's a misallocation of resources that basically like the political will needs to change in order for technology to do its job. And Alan, what you're saying is basically, yes, that would help, but also we need to change things within ourselves. Yeah. Raf, is that accurate? That's accurate. Should we throw it to endorsements? you had a round table i did but i it's <laughs> wait did we even answer the 10. question what was the question the, the question was what's our um what's our editorial view on the future like what what right. society i think we really have to right? kind of i think we all kind of see technocracy the, being the way in, huh? <laughs> like like alien basically right like huh? this but world, i think azure's uh, yeah the azure's, future we want no. no, the future oh, that, that, that we we're going to yeah Yeah, the one that we are sort of shuttling to war.
0: I'm not in no prediction business. Oh, fair enough. Keep me out of that shit. <laughs> There's a lot of possibilities. I have my sort of
2: anthropic principle argument that we're probably going to, you know, die of, mostly die of some horrible disaster sometime so, in the near future.
1: It's funny that you and Sam probably have the same view where it's like we're going to live in some like weird Tyler Durden, like anarcho
0: farming state. We're gonna live in a boy and his boy and his dog state. Oh God! Um, have you seen that movie? Oh God, no! I read some of that book. Yeah, it's it's a fuck. We should I do that on Harlan this show. Allison. Yeah, we should do we that. We should do that oh. fucking movie. It's yeah, super upsetting.
1: Oh yeah, actually, I wanted to shout out to my brother because um, probably when this episode airs, it's gonna be his birthday. So Jasper, happy birthday! I what love up, Jas- you. Happy birthday, Jasper! Thank you so much for fucking playing me Guns and Roses when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> And introducing me to pretty much everything else. That's this song cool. is about
2: boobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So do we have endorsements? I don't know. I did so- actually
0: buy a hatchet. I got an endorsement. Hatchets. You bought a hatchet? <laughs> I bought a hatchet? hatchet. maniac. I bought a hatchet.
1: <laughs> You're more likely to maul yourself to death than an intruding bear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Specifically uh, to chop kindling and a camping trip, which is coming up. So I'm going to have to remember to bring the hatchet. It's It'd be funny very safely forgot. stored at floor level where any toddler or drunken <laughs> adult could find it. <laughs> and I got it professionally sharpened by a guy named Mike <laughs> who drives around <laughs> in his knife sharpening truck with a pit bull. See, that I believe. That's yeah. probably true. And all of his medications arrayed on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> like all 40 of his medications. <laughs> yeah, that This one's for my left testicle. <laughs> this one's for my middle testicle. <laughs> <laughs> This is, these 18 are for the dog. I've so got an endorsement. Sure gets
1: <laughs> camping. Don't go camping. <laughs> we invented houses for a reason.
0: Live in one. You know, as a camping enthusiast, he's right. <laughs> it's really dumb. Yeah, it's so it's really stu- stupid. I don't know. I I just do it to prove I can. <laughs> on, on my, I think my
1: first date with Carolyn, or maybe it was our second, but it was like, I was like, yeah, if I'm never going to go camping, just so you know, that's like, kind of one of my very few deal breakers i was like camping not for me all right alan
2: what do you got endorsements yeah my endorsement is uh, a podcast called mindscape which is uh, i'm 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 just continuing with the nerdy endorsements that i've had it's another sean carroll endorsement it's a podcast that he hosts and it's sort of like our sister podcast huh it's like uh, explores a lot of the ideas that we talk about but um well Oh, <laughs> I fucking <talk and> hate <laughs> Intelligently this show. and with research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're coming to kill you
1: guys. <laughs> Actually, I guess I'm kidding. This is a comedy podcast. Yeah. In case in you got through lawyers. an hour of this
2: podcast and you weren't sure, this is a comedy podcast. You say, like, this episode's going to be an hour. It's going to be 14 and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12
1: of those are just going to be a super Bel- kind of Belching. us saying the alien. <laughs> alien. Alien. Alien.
2: Alien. alien i uh, like that um so yeah so actually so kip thorne is in one episode oh wow and he actually talks nice. about interstellar talks about time travel um and brian, brian
0: green is in another episode Fuck Your are that your guy my other arch nemesis um him and is sam he the, is he the guy who wrote the fault in our stars <laughs> <laughs> no wait is that who that is i don't <laughs> know No, he wrote um the elegant universe who wrote The Fault
1: in Our Stars? Jonathan Green, I think, or is John the, Green. Is that about the universe? No, it's about teenagers who are dying. So the universe.
2: Sure. Steven Universe. Um, sure, bro. I only
0: know what that is because of the internet.
2: Okay. Oh, uh, David Chalmers in another episode, he talks about the hard problem.
0: Oh, nice. Super Nintendo S- Chalmers. S- <laughs>
2: So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things we talk about in this podcast. Except I researched. think Shankar listens, and he's like, "Oh, that that's be a good thing yeah, to I get should. the the expert." Yeah, <laughs> and we're just in like that problem. The, the person who invented that question and problem, they, yeah. we should, I should interview him. Like, nah,
0: waste <laughs> the time. Who <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: needs information? <laughs> oh God, yeah. What's your endorsement, Raph?
1: He already endorsed his axe. <laughs>
2: I oh, 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 I thought that was owning a joke a, endorsement. Owning a hatchet. No,
0: I own a hatchet.
1: Oh. Um, so should, so
2: should you all. What's your endorsement, Sam?
1: <laughs> uh, not being here. Not showing up for my job or my job as a podcast host. <laughs> Oh,
2: God. Um, we love you, Sam.
1: Yeah, I love you, Sam. I'm going to endorse our ongoing pact to destroy one another. <laughs> um, we'll get there. Yeah, we're, we're going to get there, you and me. This podcast was a good step <laughs> in that direction. <laughs> step in the right <laughs> direction. So I'm going to endorse a book that I haven't finished yet, but it's really good. Uh, Life After Life by Kate Atkinson. And actually, it deals, again, with some of the themes that we talk about in the show I don't know. The story of the book, if you like to describe it is like not, uh, basically in describing it, the plot synopsis would kind of turn you off. Like if I was like, oh, it's a book about somebody who just keeps dying and getting reborn into the same life and living. Highlander. (laughs) Have you seen Highlander? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, Highlander is people who live forever opposite. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's more like a Groundhog Day type plot that's you know we're like the Russian doll type plot groundhogger yeah exactly um and it's really cool and it's a like a very beautifully explored narrative um and you know it says something really interesting about similar to like Philip K. Dick touches on this stuff where like the way that the worlds that we could inhabit influence the world that we do inhabit if that makes sense no Okay, cool. You love that idea. I really do, cuz yeah. I I mean, you know, and maybe this is why I hate Brian Greene so much. It's like uh, yeah, I think the many worlds hypothesis is really like logical in a lot of ways and I think in some way there's got to be some understanding that we have of those potentialities around us. I just it seems to me so counterintuitive that the possibility of so many things could exist without us at least having some deep understanding of it. But I guess that's... Now I start to sound like, have you read your horoscope today?
2: Cool. There's actually an episode of Mindscape with uh, Roger Penrose, who is an incredible physicist who did a lot of things. But he also has these ideas about how there must be... Like about consciousness and quantum mechanics and how like the way that consciousness works must be... That there is um, collapsing of of uh, or decoherence or collapsing of of wave functions in your mind. Oh, Do we talk that, about That like are must be directed by some some higher thing that we're not aware of. The dude is like eighty eight. All right. He's still like doing research. He can still like talk like sensibly about all this stuff. Like it's still way smarter than me. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. All right.
1: So (laughs) thanks so much for tuning into this insane episode. (laughs) And uh, until next time, guys, uh, thanks so much. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack.
2: At Highly Affiligent. You say it.
1: Raph is at Have a Cool Penis. (laughs) That's right. You can follow our fourth host, Sam, at Case of Piles. And you can follow the show at Robot House Pod. And it's spelled H-A-U-S.
0: I thought Sam was... MAGA MILFUCKER 69 <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's actually, he's actually like uh, JuggaloQAnon.gov. Dot gov? <laughs> 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 um,
2: dot go? C- yeah. gov. <laughs> <Just Twitter? laughs> My Twitter handle's got a dot gov. <laughs>
0: it's got a dot that's, CIA. That's actually kind of great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah man, how man. about like CIA funded Juggalo <laughs> S- Super Army? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Awesome. Done. All right. Okay. All right. Until
2: next time, guys. See you later. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Peace.